Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, Birds and Under fans. It's me, your host, Tom, and apologies for the late podcast, but here we are reviewing the victorious 4-0 Philadelphia Eagles who beat the Washington Commanders yesterday in Philadelphia in a very exciting overtime win. That is right, overtime win. So let's just uh, take a step back here and appreciate this. We are 4-0 at pretty much the quarterway mark. It used to be an even quarterway when we played 16 games. The NFL moved to a 17-game schedule, so now it's not quite the quarterway mark. Um, but I think we know a fair few things about the Eagles now. And, you know, I don't want to underscore this. Beating the Commanders in Philadelphia has been a really tough thing for the Eagles to do. We've actually lost to the Commanders in Philly three of the last four years. For whatever reason, they've had our number. They match up well with us. And so, you know, that shouldn't underscore what what happened yesterday. The Commanders are a good team. Um, I was impressed with their quarterback, Sam Howell. They have four high first-round picks across that defensive line. They build similarly to the Eagles in that they're very heavy in draft capital on the defensive line, and they've got a heck of a defensive line as a result. They've got a great defense. Um, They've got some really good skill position players uh, like Teddy McLaurin. The wide receiver from Edinburgh, who uh, who has beaten beaten up on the Eagles multiple games. By the way, Terry is not Scottish and is not from Edinburgh. Um, so, for all my Scottish listeners, uh, of which I think there may be one or two of you, quite seriously, uh, I would just like to have that stricken from the record. But uh, they're a good team, and it was a very very close game. And I think now at the quarterway mark, we can say a few things about these Eagles. Um, Number one, as we expected, the line play has been spectacular. You know, offensive and defensive lines have been great. Um, they did have their moments, both good and bad, yesterday, I would say. So maybe spectacular is a little bit of a strong adjective. But, um, you know, they've been very, very good the first four games. Uh, I'd say Jalen Hurts has got progressively better through four games. So I think we saw the closest thing to last season's Jalen Hurts yesterday, which is excellent. And oddly enough, um, our linebackers are a great deal better than I was anticipating they'd be this year. Uh, and we'll get into this a little bit more later, but Nicholas Morrow and Zach, uh, Zach Gunningham are both playing good football right now. Uh, and the guy who I think does deserve a mention, uh, obviously, you know, you've heard us wax lyrical about um, a few players, you know, in this early season, DeAndre Swift being one of them. Certainly, A.J. Brown's been a man on fire so far. But I'm going to mention our kicker, Jake Elliott. The guy is so automatic right now. He's kicking anything within kind of 62 yards uh, that they put him out for. So, you know, he's a real bright spot on the team right now. But let's kind of break down the game. And I think some of these themes will come out here. Um, For starters, I thought it was an interesting game plan on offense in that we threw a lot and we didn't run out of 12 personnel much, which is two tight ends, which we had traditionally done a lot the last few games. So we saw a lot less Jack Stoll and a lot less running game. And I don't know if that was matchup specific, if they just didn't like our matchups against the commanders, but um, certainly it uh, it did mean that we didn't run the balls effectively and DeAndre Swift did not have the impact that he has in other games because he just didn't get the carries. Um, so, you know, that's certainly an interesting kind of, uh, an interesting strategy we took into the game with our offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson. Again, I don't know if that was intentional or not, uh, but I don't think Brian had his best game. Now, that sort of flies in the face of the fact that Jalen Hurts yesterday was, was very good, had through, through for a, a bunch more yards than he has in any other game. Um, A.J. Brown was absolutely on fire with 170 yards and a couple of touchdowns, but Brian 
could have salted the game away at the end and should have run the clock out and kicked the game-winning field goal and given the commanders as little time as possible. But he didn't. He actually went for an end zone shot. A.J. Brown caught a touchdown on a great double move. And, you know, everybody's cheering, but that kept the commanders in the game. And that's what allowed them to tie it up with some, frankly, pretty woeful defense by our defense. And, um, yeah, so it made for an ending that did need did not need to be as kind of hectic as it was. Um so, yeah, I, a weird game plan yesterday. I will say something that really concerns me from the game is our guard, Cam Jurgens, uh, is in a walking boot now and is going to miss multiple weeks. So that means Sua Opeta is the next man up as far as backup guards go. And Cam Jurgens is a much better player than Sua Opeta, so expect a drop-off there. Um, we may see rookie Tyler Steen get some playing time, although I think the way Nick Sirianni was speaking yesterday, that definitely Sua Opeta is the starter. Um, so I think we'll see Tyler, the rookie, come up. Um, off of, off of uh, you know, he hasn't been dressing on the game day roster, but I think he will. Um, otherwise, you know, <clears throat> I think, again, lack of running game was interesting. Still, you know, Dallas Goddard not being used that much in the passing game this year. It's weird. Uh, he had a really nice catch at some stage in the game, kind of a diving catch, made, uh, made Jalen Hurts look good. But, you know, just still not the focal point that I was anticipating that he would be. Speaking of Jalen, again, big passing game for him, but also a big running game. He had a spectacular run where he avoided a sack and juked um, one of the commander's defenders out of their socks um, in the middle of the field for a really kind of impressive sort of 20 to 25 yard gain at a pretty um, pretty pivotal part of the game as well, I might add. So, you know, nice to see Jalen um, getting some big chunk plays by his feet because those have been hard to come by from him the uh, first portion of the season for whatever reason. Um, and Devontae Smith, you know, workmanlike game, took some big hits, made some really tough catches, one really painful looking 37-yarder uh, in the middle of the field where he kind of got hammered by the ground and players at the same time, but came up with the catch, which was a pretty critical play. So Devontae and A.J. Brown, as spectacular as ever. And Olamide Zacchaeus didn't make a huge um, contribution as a third receiver, but a real hustle, hustle play guy um, on the long 59-yard uh, touchdown by A.J. Brown, which was a thing of beauty. He sprinted downfield and laid some really critical blocks down there. And you love to see that. And that's the kind of stuff the coaches notice. So I dare say that we're going to see um, a fair bit of Olamide Zacchaeus moving forward. And I think Kez Watkins should be a little bit concerned about his third wide receiver spot when he comes back from injury. So um, another couple of interesting nuggets, at least to me, of note of the game was that Britton Covey, our punt returner, did actually line up in the slot a couple times as a receiver. Didn't catch any balls, but it was interesting to see that he was out there um, because I've been sort of surprised that we have not utilized him whatsoever on offense to date. So it was nice to see him out there. And it's possible he's been out there earlier this season, but I just didn't notice it. Um, I didn't think our boy Jordan Mailata played all that well. He definitely got beaten for a sack by um, Chase Young, the very talented defensive end who was like the first or second pick in the draft a couple of years ago out of Ohio State or maybe three years ago. Um, Chase Young is powerful and he's fast and he got the better of, uh, of Jordan Mailata. So yeah, Jordan definitely had a game to forget and will not be winning Pro Football Focus's top tackle uh, grade anytime soon off that performance, I will tell you. Um, but again, that uh, that commander's front is tough. You know, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, their tackles are really, really tough. Deron Payne, um, they are they are a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, they're interesting. They don't rotate nearly as much as the Eagles do on defensive line. 
Um, so they've just got to have great conditioning and they come at you all game, but they are a matchup nightmare. I'll also say that I think that a commander's secondary is really strong and I think it's an underrated part of their defense. And, um, yeah, they're a tough defense and you know, you've got to give it to the commanders. I think they play the Eagles really, really hard. They got embarrassed the week before against the Buffalo bills. And I think they were determined to come out and show the world, Hey, we're better than that. And I think they definitely did that. And quite frankly, I think the Eagles got lucky that the commanders didn't go for two points at the end of the game. Um, and opted to tie it and go into overtime because I think the way the Eagles defense was playing, they probably would have scored. So let's get into the Eagles defense. Um, for starters, it was nice to see defensive end Hassan Reddick finally get his first sack of the year because the guy has been quiet. Now, part of that was the fact that he got his cast removed off his hand. He'd had a broken thumb. Um, so he was unencumbered this week and going against, uh, I believe his name is Andrew Wiley, who was the left tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, who uh, this time did not have the good fortune of a skating rink, ice-like uh, ice um, field surface to negate uh, Hassan Reddick's speed. So Hassan did, did get his first sack of the year, but there's something off with Hassan so far. You know, one sack and very few splash plays in the first four weeks of the season. Um, he did start slow last year, so I'm hoping this is just Hassan rounding into form, but... It is noting that it's just not the same impact we saw from him last year, where by the end of the year, he was playing as well as anybody in the league. Um, you know, one of the Bosa brothers or M Micah Parsons. I mean, by the end of the season, he was really playing that well. So um, need to see more out of Hassan Reddick. Um, it was definitely a quieter game from Jalen Carter and I'd say Jordan Davis. Uh, still some really nice stuff seeing out of Fletcher Cox. I mean, that guy's really had a second wind with the lesser reps he's taking and just the role he's playing now. He's still playing exceptionally good football. Um, Josh Sweat, again, pretty strong game. And, you know, we didn't see a lot of Nolan Smith. Uh, a lot of Derek Barnett or more Derek Barnett than I think we're used to seeing, which was interesting. Uh, Milton Williams, you know, making his usual presence felt. Um, but surprisingly, of the five sacks that we got, three of them were from a linebacker, Nicholas Morrow. Now, this is a pretty remarkable story. So Nicholas Morrow last year played for the Bears on a pretty bad defense and started all, you know, whatever, 17 games for the Bears, but didn't grade out all that well. Um, and was deemed expendable by the Bears. In fact, the Bears um, brought in TJ Edwards, our linebacker, on the first day of free agency, and that deemed Nicholas Morrow, um, you know, expendable. So we picked him up in the preseason. Um, he, you know, at one stage, I think everybody assumed he'd be a starter. He didn't even make final cuts. Nicholas Morrow got cut by the Eagles. And then when, you know, we got some injuries, um, all of a sudden, Nicholas Morrow came back. And, you know, I mean, when we, we re-signed him, it was like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. We need some kind of veteran presence while, um, you know, N'Kobe Dean's coming back from injury. Well, let's see what we get at Nicholas Morrow. Well, he had three sacks yesterday. Folks, like, we haven't had an Eagles linebacker get three sacks in a long time. I could look up the stat. I don't have it in front of me, but it was a really impressive performance by Nicholas Morrow, and I have to say, I think he looks really good right now, and so does Zach Cunningham. Again, another, you know, another um, castaway who just been cast, cast off by um, the not Texans, he played for somebody else last year. Um, but uh, again, a guy who was kind of forgotten in free agency, picked up late by the Eagles in uh, in the preseason, and he's played really well. So, you know, credit to the Eagles for finding these guys that were kind of, um, you know, want, not wanted by the teams, but frankly are playing some really productive football for us at linebacker. And I'd say the linebacking position has been the bright spot for, bright spot for us right now. And if you told me it wasn't N'Kobe Dean that was the reason it was the bright spot at the beginning of the season, I would have fainted. Um, but I will say this, 
let's be honest with ourselves. Our secondary is not playing well. And this is a bunch of games in a row now. So, you know, we have allowed a ton of passing yards to uh, Mac Jones from the Patriots at the beginning of the season. And by the way, the Mac Jones-led Patriots got absolutely dominated by the Patriots yesterday, 38-3. Mac Jones looked brutal. So, you know, the Cowboys have got the horses in the secondary to stop Mac Jones, but the Eagles, not so much. We let him throw for far too many yards. Kirk Cousins had a big day against us, um, which, you know, look, Kirk Cousins uh, has had pretty gaudy passing numbers against everybody. So, you know, okay. Um, you know, we did a better job last week against the Buccaneers. But then, you know, this week, uh, Sam Howell looked really good and made a lot of big clutch plays. And particularly down the stretch in the game, we just did not make the stops we had to. And it was pretty embarrassing at the end of the game when we had to get a stop, we couldn't. They drove down, they tied the game, put it to overtime. And so we're lucky we did get a stop in overtime to get the ball back, and uh, which ultimately led to the game-winning field, field goal by Jake Elliott. But man, oh man, I have to say, I'm deeply worried about our secondary players. Like Darius, play, Darius Say's playing okay. James Bradbury's playing okay in the slot, but I don't love him there. Josh Job's playing okay as a perimeter corner. Um, you know, Reed Blankenship, I think, is playing well. Um probably the most consistently of any member of the secondary. But then Terrell Edmonds, you know, yesterday was the lone healthy second safety because Justin Evans and Sidney Brown were both hurt. And Justin Evans did not play well. Or sorry, um, Terrell Edmonds did not play well. A couple of crucial penalties, dropped an interception. Like, he's just not looking good. And it's not like we have some amazing stars in the wings. I mean, maybe Sidney Brown is a star waiting in the wings. But, you know, he's hurt right now. He's a rookie. So it's really too early to say that. I think Harry... Uh, Harry... Howie Roseman needs to go out and make a move here. I think he's got to uh, he's got to bring in some extra player capability at safety because I am very concerned right now about our secondary and maybe a rookie like Keely Ringo moves over from corner to safety. I don't know. He's a bigger guy, um, but I'm worried, folks. I am worried about our secondary because we're going to get torched by Dak Prescott, by Patrick Mahomes, by Josh Allen. Uh, <clears throat> you know, you name it. All the good quarterbacks we're going to be playing soon. Um, we are we are seriously going to be in trouble. Matt Stafford next week against the Rams. If he's not hurt, um, we're you know we're we're traveling to uh, the, to the Rams, and they're a good team, and they can torch you on the passing offense. And I think the way our secondary and our our secondary is playing, and I think the way Sean Desai, our defensive coordinator, is coaching, is a real cause for concern and a massive drop off from last year when we were really hard to pass on. You could run on the Eagles last year. Um, but we were a really tough team to pass on. And Jonathan Gannon, you know, again, needs credit here. I mean, we, uh, we, were, uh, we were a formidable defense last year, and I would not characterize us as a formidable defense at all now. So, um, you know, just, I don't know. It, it, it definitely makes me a little bit concerned. Um, so, yeah, anyway, stay tuned, folks, because I'm not exactly sure how we fix this when you consider that the personnel just isn't there. So, folks... Um, Definitely, uh, if we again kind of appreciate being four and zero, it's awesome, right? Let's not let's not undersell that. That's a real feat, particularly for a team coming off a Super Bowl. It's hard to be good the next year. Um, when you lose a Super Bowl, historically, teams stink the next year or really struggle. And we're you know right now we're looking like we're in the thick of things. Um, we've still got to beat Brock Purdy and the 49ers coming up. We've, those Cowboys look amazing. Like seriously, other than that weird Cardinals game, the Cowboys look unstoppable. I, I, I honestly go watch the highlights and be terrified. You should be concerned like I am because the Cowboys look really good. Their offense, I think, is still a bit of a work in progress right now. Um, and they haven't need because their defense is playing so well. Like literally, they seem to score two touchdowns a game. Their offense doesn't need to be dynamic or that um, explosive, but I, they're there. They they are capable of doing that. 
Um, so it's only a matter of time before they just light somebody up. So folks, Cowboys, big concern for us. I will say it again. It does look like the New York Giants are literally done and dusted. They have lost a few embarrassing games. They got blown up by the Seahawks at home, um, only scored three points again. <clears throat> so I think the Giants could be the odd team out very quickly this year in the NFC East, uh, which would make this, you know, a kind of a three horse race, but I really still feel is probably a two horse race. So folks, uh, and I also want to say AJ Brown, you know, he had uh, his complaints about a lack of um, opportunities a couple of weeks ago. And subsequently he's been force fed the ball <clears throat> and has had 300 yards receiving in two games. The man's on fire. Like, if you watch A.J. Brown, he is just unstoppable at the moment. And he is, you know, playing exceptional football. And just a reminder of what a great pickup that was by Howie Roseman. Um, And sorry, Tennessee John, I hate to say it, but I think we fleeced you in that trade. Um, I hope we can still be friends. But it really does look very one-sided for the Eagles at this stage. And the guy is just such a game-breaker for us. And, you know, in any given week, it could be him or it could be Devontae Smith. They kind of exchange number one roles uh, depending on who Jalen, you know, is seeing as the hot hand that particular game, what the matchup looks like, how the defense is scheming um, and rolling coverage to one side or the other. So, um, you know, geez, it's it's really amazing in the moment to watch A.J. Brown doing what he's doing. So really, really awesome. And, you know, if I can add um, just one last thing here is penalties. Um, they've been killer for us uh, the last few weeks, particularly against those commanders. Um, we had some backbreakers that gave the commanders some big first downs. Um, some of them were pretty ticky-tack, but some of them were stupid, like the taunting penalty that A.J. Brown took at the end of the game, um, which gave the commanders a short field, which they promptly drove down and tied the game up. Now, I don't know what A.J. Brown did. It wasn't really evident from the film, but he got called. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, who I did call it earlier, uh, had a couple of boneheaded penalties, and one of them was a hit out of bounds on Sam Howell the quarterback, and that's going to get called every single time. So, you know, Terrell Edmonds needs to be smarter there. But I think uh, Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff really need to drum into the players that that has got to cut down um, and we've got to be more disciplined. And particularly these refing crews, you know, the, 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 the crews that have a, a habit of calling a lot of penalties, um, the Eagles need to study what they're calling and the kind of things that they are calling and make sure they're not doing those things in the games. Like there does require a little bit of extra work here to decipher, you know, what the risks are of particular penalties being called in any given week. And I think the Eagles are not doing enough of that. Um, so really important that they kind of tighten things up. Um, so that's one last thing I did want to add because again, boy, it was tough to watch some of the first downs we gave up or we either lost or gave up as a result of penalties. And, and I have to say, I thought those refs, I don't know if they're looking at a few times, but you know, as the Cowboys would acknowledge a couple of weeks ago, um, having a ref and crew that likes to call a lot of bogus penalties, um, can lose a game for you. And the Eagles were lucky it didn't in this case, but it could easily come back to haunt them and they have to play more disciplined. But anyway, folks, you know, that aside, it's exciting times. Let's enjoy the 4-0. And uh, let's hope we turn to 5-0 next week, beating the Rams in LA. But again, that won't be an easy game. But otherwise, thanks for listening. Go Birds! See ya!